This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. My mom is 81, and she's having trouble walking, taking care of herself, and remembering things. There are expectations. My mom feels I'm her daughter, and I should be able to do for her. Sometimes the help they need is more than we can do alone. Care makes it easy to find senior caregivers who live nearby and know how to help. I love my mom, but I, I need some help. The best decisions are made with care. Find help for your mom or dad at care.com. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Luke Hatfield from the Express and Star. This is our preview of Fulham's upcoming match against West Brom. Later on, we will be joined by Andy Calton, who's been on the show before. He is a West Brom supporter, and he'll be sharing his view. But we're going to start first with the journalistic view of this upcoming match, and I'm very happy to welcome our guest to the show. Luke, thank you so much for joining me today on Cottage Talk. No problem. Happy to be here. Okay, well, Luke, let's just... um, Tell everyone how they can first follow you on Twitter and also read your articles. And actually, there's a podcast and there's also some live videos. Yeah, so um, I work for the Express and Star website and newspaper. It's based uh, in the West Midlands in the Black Country. Uh, And I do a lot of uh, the West Brom work alongside the dedicated club reporter, Joe Massey. Uh, You can see our work at expressandstar.com, but you can also get us on Twitter. Uh, My Twitter is at lhatfield underscore star. Uh, I also run an Albion podcast with Joe. Uh, That's called The Baggies Broadcast. You can find that pretty much anywhere you listen to a podcast nowadays. Okay, fantastic. Okay, and I would highly recommend it. I actually watched Luke's uh, recent video, and I also listened to the podcast. It's excellent. You were on the last episode, like you mentioned, but um, are you going to have an upcoming podcast before the match? We're actually recording this afternoon. Um, we've got, I've well, got this go. podcast, we've got this, this podcast, this video cast with you, and then we're going to jump in straight into a baggies broadcast later. So my whole afternoon is going to be talking about West Bromwich Albion and, and Fulham. 
Well, that's great. Well, listen, I'm looking forward to spending the hour talking about West Vermont, like I said, the first half hour with you. So let's start here because I, I really want to learn a little bit more about West Brom. I've been following them, and I actually watched part of their match against Chelsea. But but just give me just a overall view of the season so far for West Brom. I think it's been it's been a bit of a mixed bag for, for Albion, really. I think a lot of fans, you know, when they did get promotion, they, they saw the Premier League and they, they, they knew it was going to be tough and the budget hasn't been that that, you know, other promoted teams have had. I mean, we've seen... The money that Slavon Bilic had to spend, it wasn't a huge amount, uh, to be honest. A lot of the business was was mainly just trying to make sure that those players they had on loan last season were tied down for good this year. Uh, the likes of Grady Dean Garner, the likes of Callum Robinson, Matej Pereira was slightly different because you know he was signed with a with an obligation to buy after a certain number of appearances. But otherwise, it's, it's been a bit of a mixed bag. It was it got off to a little bit of a tough start. They lost a couple of games, and that Chelsea game was the one where I think a lot of people saw West Brom and they saw. You know the the damage they did. They really did pounce on Chelsea's mistakes that day, and and yep. a lot a lot of people looked at Chelsea and said that oh that wasn't a great performance. I think you have got to give some credit to Albion for that. They 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 put them under pressure. And they they really did pick their moments, and it was it was ultimately put a perfect look at their season. You know they've had they had a great first half, and then all of a sudden, you know Chelsea came back, and they knew that you, everyone kind of knew that they were going to be the better side second half, and they were going to come out and they were going to try and fire their way back into the game. And unfortunately, they did that for Albion. Um, but yeah, they're still waiting for that first win. I think that's a big thing now. A lot of fans are looking and they're, they're worried about this season because obviously the money they've spent, it's, it's, it's not very often the team doesn't spend that much money and, and does so well in the Premier League. So I think a lot of fans are expecting them to be in a bit of a, a race to avoid relegation this season. Uh, but the quicker they get that first win, uh, the better for them because it, it, I'm sure you'll understand, you know, waiting for that first win and it can take yeah. a while. And all of a sudden, you're looking at that table and you're thinking, where are we going to get points from? Totally agree. And listen, as I've I've been listening and uh, reading a lot about West Brom, it sounds like they're in the similar boat as Fulham. It, it sounds extremely similar. Like you need those three points because the upcoming matches for Fulham get much more difficult. Same thing for West Brom. So this is huge. But you actually brought up something that I really want to get your thoughts on. I want to talk a little bit about the transfer window. Again, mm-hmm. what I've been reading and listening to it sounds like West Brom supporters are not happy with ownership's unwillingness to spend money. Would that be correct? Uh, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head, really. I mean, there's a lot of frustration among Albion fans, um, and some of it's directed toward Luke Dowling, who's one of the directors. But realistically, it's an ownership issue at the baggies, which is the, the big, big problem. Grouch on Lai uh, is, is the owner. He bought the club when they are in the Premier League, uh, back when Tony Pulis was in charge. Um, and he's seen as a, as a football mad kind of owner. But at the same time, in terms of assets, he's got plenty. In terms of actual cash to push into the club, that's another question and one which there's a lot of mystery around. He doesn't seem to be that invested in the club anymore. Uh, he bought the club as a Premier League uh, team. Obviously, they're, split, they're Premier League team now, but they went down, came back up. But in terms of like money being pumped in, there's none. There's none coming from the, from the owner. It's very much a self-sustaining model at West Brom. Uh, not too dissimilar, I suppose, to when you look at Norwich last season. They didn't spend a lot of money. They they try and sustain themselves. They don't want to. They don't want to be seen doing what say Aston Villa did or or what Fulham did right. you know, previously and, and pumping a load of money into the club. And, and obviously, it puts you on on risky footing if if, if things don't work out there. Um, but that's not something that West Brom are willing to do. The owner's not willing to do it. If a new owner came in and obviously, you know, ideas changed there, 
then then it would obviously be very different. But for now, it's it's a real frustration amongst fans because they look at teams around them. They look at the likes of Leeds this season, for example, really yep. putting uh, you know their foot down in terms of transfer fees. You know the fees that they've been spending. Yep. Albion they spent what about a total of twenty million, if that. Um, it's it's going to be tough for them. But at the same time, you know, Slavin Bilic is a good manager. He knows what he's doing, although there have been some frustrations recently uh, between him and, and you know, some of, the, some of the things that have happened at the club. But in general, they've got a decent manager there. And if they can click like they did, particularly first half of last season, um, they could give themselves a fighting chance. Well, I'm a, I'm a fan of uh, Bilic. And I've, one wouldn't have been against if Fulham went after him at some point prior. But... Um, that's going to lead us to talk a little bit about the controversy going on with Billich and what's going on with uh, with the management at West Brom. I'm just going to share this comment. This is from uh, someone watching live. This is from a friend of mine. Question for Luke. Is he worried about the reported relationship between the manager and the board? Your thoughts, Luke? Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because some of the quotes that Billich came out with recently, um, they did get fans worried. He was asked, you know, about the Hagazi situation, obviously, yep. you know, Ahmed Hagazi uh, started um, against, what, who was it, Burnley, I think it was, um, in that 0-0 draw, kept a clean sheet alongside Branislav Ivanovic. Bilic came out and said that he wanted Hagazi as part of the squad and all of a sudden uh, the Saudi Arabian transfer window deadline day comes around and he's going, um, ironically, to Bilic's former club, um, Al-Ittihad. And it was, it was a frustrating one for Bilic. You could tell that he wanted him at the club but it, ultimately, it was a decision made in terms of you know future transfer fees for Albion. That deal was what we've reported up to up to worth worth up to sorry uh, ten million pounds for Albion over over the year. That includes wages and obviously the transfer fee. Um, and you never know in January they might sign someone with that money who who could be maybe a little bit more useful. I think sure. the way the board probably look at it is well, Hagazi didn't feature a whole lot last season. Um, you know he's a, he's. He's one of the players who, you know, maybe a team came in for him. Obviously, a team did come for him from, from Saudi Arabia. He's got high wages. If he's not going to be used week in, week out, would it make sense to sell him and use that money elsewhere? You know, the border work into a very tight constraints in terms of finances. I've kind of mentioned that already. Anywhere they can get money from is, is going to be helpful to them. But it is a frustration for Bilic. Am I worried about him going? No, not really now. I think he's come out. He's kind of... He's, he's come out and said, look... I saw the comments is, today. Yeah, the chapter is over for yep. Bilic. He's, he's, it's behind him. He's a manager who he's very, very loyal. I'd be surprised if he was to walk. But at the same time, you know, he's a manager who, li- who also lives by principles. If 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 this keeps happening to him and, he, and, and things keep happening behind his back, so to speak, it might push him to a level where he considers it. But at the same time, he's got a real connection with his fan base. And although fans aren't in the grounds at the moment... Uh, they love him, and I'm sure it's the other. It's, it's reciprocated, uh, so I'd be surprised to see him go. But it's not just the fan base. It sounds like he has the trust of his players as well. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the players look at Bilic, and they've seen what they've done with the, the squad of players that they had uh, last season, getting them promoted, and some of the some of the football at times really was you know exciting and, and, and thrilling. Um, and and you know you've seen the quality of the players who have come back. You know, Gredidi and Garner. He was highly touted at West Ham, and I know they had other issues going on, and there's ownership issues there, which are which are well are well worth a, a podcast about. I'm sure you could probably fill about five podcasts with issues there. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, he was a player who, who obviously enjoyed playing under Bilic. Mateus Pereira uh, was slightly different, of course, I said before. It was an obligation to buy, but he's obviously enjoying his time. Callum Robinson, another one. Um, and he's a manager that I think has drawn a lot of respect. Um, he was somewhat harshly treated, I think, at West Ham. Uh, he, he got into a really good finish. Obviously, had some great players there. Um, and again, they, they had issues behind the scenes. Dimitri Payet, for example, was one of the key players there. Um, and he obviously decided to go and that, that really did hurt them. But yeah, he's a manager. I think all the players, all the fans respect. Um, and there's a lot of respect, you know, going from other teams around Billich as well. Okay, very good. All right. All right, let's get into learning more about West Brom. Let's, let's start here. Give me the strengths and weaknesses for West Brom. Again, foam supporters are are familiar with them, obviously, from last season. Do you mm-hmm. see any differences from last season to what they've been trying to do in the Premier League? It's not a huge amount of difference in the squad, if I'm being honest. Um, you know, they've, they've, they've signed some players. You know, I think the strengths really do lie in, in those wing players. You know, Mateus Pereira, Grady and Ghana. Um, those are the players who obviously dazzled last season and, and those will be the ones expected to dazzle again this year. Uh, and we've seen we've seen that from the from them already. Um, the key, I think, for Albion in terms of you know weaknesses is, is just trying to put in a 90-minute performance at the moment. They've they've done so well in portions of games this season, and they've looked really, really impressive at times, and then other times they have looked uh, not so much. Let's just just let's just look at the Brighton game, for example. Yep. The other day, um, yeah, they put in a really, a really questionable first half performance for me. Um, they conceded, obviously, didn't look great, and it, it was very much. I mean, it was one nil at half time, but I tell you what, it could have been two or three on another day. But then second half, they came out. Bilic obviously gotten into the players. Yep. They, they looked a completely different side, and that's a frustrating thing, I think, for Bilic and for fans. They're seeing forty-five minute performances, maybe sixty-minute performances. But in the Premier League, you can't afford to do that. You need, you you need a 90-minute performance, don't you? Absolutely. Absolutely, Luke. And, and that's going to lead me to ask you this, because, again, when I look at Fulham and I look at West Brom, and maybe you can f- fill it in, what you're describing are, are similar si- situations that Fulham have put themselves in. They can look good for, say, 45 minutes. They can look good for beginning of matches, but they seem to make that mistake and give up that goal. Is that a similar situation where they're getting punished for mistakes, or is it different? Is it maybe not being switched on for a half? I'm curious what's going on with West Brom. Is it mental errors, or is it something else? I think it's pretty similar to to, to Fulham in some respects. I think you know you've 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 always got that mentality as a promoted t- side that you know you're up against the big boys now. And whether it was West Brom, whether it was Fulham last season, if they conceded a goal. You could tell there was still belief there. The players right. were like, all right, we've conceded, but we can we can bang in two or three here. It's not going to be an issue. And West Brom were one of the best teams, you know, from behind last year. The, the amount of times they conceded a goal and then came back to win the game or at least get a point um was really impressive. But mentally, you know, you look at you look at Albion and they've they've shot themselves in the foot times. I mean, the Everton game, they were really good first half and they went in at half time, obviously, you know, two one down. But yep. Kieran Gibbs didn't help the side at all by getting himself sent off. And and those are mistakes that you can't right. afford to have in the Premier League. But equally, it's a mental thing. You know, if they concede a goal, sometimes in the Premier League, maybe their heads just drop a little bit too much. They just need to try and kick that habit. And I think that first three points, when when it does come, uh, hopefully soon, um, should help should help with that mentality because then they'll start to see themselves as a Premier League side rather than a Championship side battling out in the Premiership. 
Yeah, what's interesting when when again when I look at West Brom and I, and I've been listening to a great deal and and I'm glad I'm speaking to you now, and I look at Fulham and you know it's funny Fulham, and I, I don't mean this as a slight. Fulham are front runners, if you understand mm-hmm. what I mean on that. They are very tough to beat when they get ahead. Even uh, this season, they, you know, again, if if they get a goal, at least there's a good opportunity that they're going to get a point. But when they play from behind, Luke, they're just not good. And it sounds like West Brom are kind of in the, in that same category. Yeah, that's right. If if Albion are really clicking, the, the the little flicks and tricks come out from from the likes of Pereira and the likes of Dean Garner, and you can start you can tell they start to feel themselves. Um, they they show that confidence, but. Like you said, if you can see the goal and, and the heads drop, yeah, um, and it happened against Chelsea. I think I think that's a, the the big one which you can kind of look at from from right. a West Brom point of view. They conceded that first, and you could tell. I mean, straight away that and they were looking kept, around, kept going, and yeah, and they were thinking, okay, well, when's the second going to come? When's the third yeah. going to come? And it, and eventually it happens because it's almost a self fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? You start to right. sit, sit back, sit back, sit back. You're inviting more pressure, and then all of a sudden the opposition is scoring. Okay. Fantastic. Okay, so when we look at this match on Monday, and it's Friday, it's still a ways away. Who are the key players for you for West Brom to get all three points? Uh, well, the two wingers I've kind of mentioned already, obviously, but on top of that, Carlin Grant, I think um, he's really showed what he's what he's about after joining. I mean, it was a really long, protracted. He just scored a goal. Yeah, and and that's right. He, he came up and uh, against Brighton and scored. It was a it was a proper finisher's goal as well into the roof of the net. It really did show what he's about because there wasn't another Albion player, I don't think, um, in the squad that could have done what he did there. Um, people will look at Albion and they'll say yes, the wingers. But if 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 Carlin Grant's on form, he can certainly nab you a goal. Um, I think it's important for him. To perform, obviously, you look. You know, you look at Fulham and defensively, there's been real question marks over them this season. I think it's fair to say. Yep. I think Albion will look and say, "Look, if we can score enough goals here, um, we, we can we can cause them real problems." Uh, equally, at the back, they've got to try and keep them goals out, and that's when the likes of you know Branislav Ivanovic, I think, is a, is a signing that shows some promise. He's obviously inexperienced, but he's you know. Those, that age can show at times. I think he's got to be careful. I was going to ask um, you about that. How much of a factor do you, do you think this could be? You know, especially listen, Fulham have some young attacking players now with Adamol Lookman, mm-hmm. Ruben Loftus Cheek. You always have Mitro, but I'd be more concerned about the other two players I just mentioned for someone like Ivanovic. Yeah, that's. I mean, Lookman looks like a really good signing uh, to me, just from what I've seen of him. Uh, so far this season, he's the one who I think you know because Ivanovic will, will enjoy you know coming up against a physical battle. I think for him, he's not the biggest in the world, but he's he's obviously very experienced and he knows how to you know manage defenders. Someone like Mitrovic, I think he'd fancy more right. than someone but, like a Luckman. Right, that's my point. Yeah, purely because of that pace. Uh, equally, you know, Albion do have Shemi Ajayi. He's he's very quick at centre back. Um, but obviously not that experienced in the Premier League. So it, it was going to be a really intriguing game, I think. I think you'll see Ajayi trying to, you know, trying to focus on maybe stopping Lutman and, and Ivanovic will probably favour going toward Mitrovic. But at the same time, you can't always manage that, you know, in every situation possible. So it's going to be a really interesting game, a really interesting matchup. Absolutely. And that's going to lead me to get your thoughts on form. And what's interesting about this, before I get your thoughts, I just want to share this with you. And I know you're about to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. When I listen to all the talk, and I also listen to the video after the Brighton match, and uh, you were talking about how close 
it seems the club is to clicking to getting to where they need to be to getting that victory. We're saying the exact same thing for Fulham. Mm. So I just want to share that it's it's all, almost echoes the exact same stuff we've been talking about when I when I was watching and listening to everything about West Brom. Like they're mirroring each other. So I'm curious your thoughts on Fulham and um, and just the thoughts that both clubs are coming into this talking about how they're this close to getting all three points. Yeah, it's 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 been interesting looking at Fulham and the way they came up. Obviously, I think a lot of people in that player final were probably tipping Brentford, but then oh, Joe Bryan obviously Joe yep. Bryan pops up with two great goals. Um and you look at you look at the sides and it's it's weird because they're in a very similar situation. But over the summer I thought they were in they were in the market for completely different players, so to speak. Yes. I think Fulham were looking at the back. They were they yep. knew that they needed to strengthen defensively, whereas West Brom were saying, Well, We've got these players, but we desperately need a striker. And somehow it's ended up with these two teams being, you know, pretty pretty similar. Let's be honest. They both play yeah. not too dissimilar style of football. They both want to move the ball around. They want to play proper football, yeah. so to speak, instead of, you know, those long balls forward. But it's it's just an interesting little way that it's kind of set up, hasn't it? Um I think it's gonna be a really intriguing game. I think both teams are desperate for a win, but at the same time, neither all want to lose this game. I think They'll both look at this game and say, look, you know, let's do everything we can to win it, but let's make sure we don't lose it. Okay, very interesting stuff. Okay, now let me ask you this. From a West Brom perspective, how does West Brom win this match, Luke? What do they have to do to come to Craven Cottage and get all three points, in your opinion? I think they've got to look at that that Fulham back line and try and get in behind them and cause some problems there. I think defensively, you know, it's always going to be tricky keeping someone like Mitrovic out. Um, obviously, you know, he knows what he's doing. He knows where the goal is. He's had some tough games this season. I thought I, I saw some, I saw a game, I can't remember who they were playing, forgive me, but I mean, he must have had about six or seven really good chances on another oh. day. He would have tooked him away. Yeah. Um, they've got to be careful of him, but I think if you can, if you can go, and uh, I've seen a Fulham a couple of times this season, I watched the game against Aston Villa. Um yep. And they caused them real problems going forward. Defensively, they didn't look quite there. I'm not too sure if Scott Parker's figured out that 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 back line yet. Um, and it's key for Albion, I think, to make sure those forward players aren't too worried about tracking back too far and making sure they're really focusing their efforts, you know, offensively going forward. Because I think that back line is is a little bit questionable for Fulham. I'm sure I'm sure some might disagree with me, but at the same time, they've they've been questionable at the back. Uh, I think that's how West Brom will go out and win this game. But, it's, of course, it's easier said than done. That. Sure. And uh, I'll just mention this because, um, you know, again, you're going to be doing a podcast as well. And we were talking about this from the last match. What was interesting is that I think that Fulham's defense has tightened. Uh, mm. Tosin Adarabayu, I think, has been a very good signing. He certainly has helped. But where Crystal Palace had a lot of joy was down their left-hand side, our right-hand side. And if I'm, you know, and again, I hope Slavin Bilic isn't listening. That's where I would focus. Uh, because again, uh, Fulham are going to try to, I believe, to control the match, Luke, similar to what they did against Crystal Palace probe. And again, it's a little conservative, but they're going to look for their opening. Mm. But if uh, a team like West Brom was to take advantage of our fullbacks, Bombing forward, that there could be space. So, you know, again, that's the way, that's a concern of mine. But I think that Fulham have gotten better defensively. So, again, mm-hmm. I just wanted just to share that with you. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, 
summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. Lift tickets. They had a good run. But now there's Epic Day Pass. Choose to ski or ride one to seven days and select your resort access to Vail, Park City, and more. All while paying less compared to Lift tickets. Sorry, Lift tickets. It's time for Epic Day Pass. Now I want to put you in the shoes of Scott Parker. I always love doing this. No one likes when I do this. So you're Scott Parker. How does Fulham win this match? What would be your strategy if you were him? Well, first things first, keep keep Mateus Pereira and, and Grady Dean Garner quiet. I know I've kind of harped on about them all, yep. ever since we started, but if you can keep them quiet a lot of the times, uh, Albion will really, really struggle. On top of that, I think, you know, you look at Albion's back line as well. And, and you know, I said that they didn't want to strengthen too much there. But let's be honest, you know, sometimes that, that back line has considered a fair few goals this season. There's, there's, you've got Shemi Ajayi, who's, who's obviously very quick and, you know, physically has got all the traits needed to be a really good centre-back, but isn't experienced. Um, you've got Branislav Ivanovic, who, if we said, is, is, is older. If you can if you can get Lookman in between them and, and having them kind of second-guessing, you know, whether to go or whether to stay, I think you can get some joy there. Uh, Sam Johnson's done well in goal, of course, but I think, I think the key, you know, for Fulham is, re- is really getting into Albion and, and making that back line work. Um, because the, the wingers are obviously very good. The striker's decent um, as well. He's, he's certainly shown signs uh, as Carl and Grant. So I think you've, I'd really like to see both teams going for it. I don't think they will, though. I think it's going to be a cagey encounter. I think it's, I think it's screams of a draw, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. I want to share, share some more comments here. This is from Ralph Leach. Craven Cottage is uh, West Brom's bogey ground. No league win since 1967 when Wyndon Johnson was president. I want to get your thoughts on this because we do this all the time. How, how relevant is that stat for any team? You know, you know, for for West Brom, do they think about it or is it just immaterial? I'm curious your view on that. It's funny how these things pop up, isn't it? You know, you look at teams and how they struggle at certain grounds. Thank you, Ralph, for sharing that. Seriously, uh, yeah, it's it is funny how that they they pop up. I think it's an awkward one because. A manager will look at it and be like, "Well, I've only been here two years." <laughs> you know, Slaven Bilic has only been to Craven Cottage a couple of times with Albion. If that, um, equally the players. I mean, you know, there were some players that, who haven't played for Albion against against Fulham um, before. So it's, it's it is kind of immaterial. But at the same time, these runs do happen. Yeah. Um, it might it might just be one of those that one of those grounds where, for some reason, by hook or by crook, a team just can't win there. And and it's funny how those things come about. Okay, very good. I just want to mention, I just got, got a message from our guest who unfortunately cannot join us. That, that would be Andy Calden. So it'll just be me and you. So maybe you can okay. stay a, a few minutes longer. We'll yeah, I can okay. hang around. I can hang okay. around. Okay, well, that's good because I actually got a good amount of comments that I can share with you. And, and this one's interesting. I, I, I want to share this now because this is something that we talk about in with Fulham. Oh, mm-hmm. wrong one. <laughs> I just did what we call a Goldman. I, I do a lot of those. Goldmans are mistakes. So here we go. This is from Sam Woods. Is West Bromwich Albion getting the same stick from pundits as Fulham? Seems like pundits are anti-Fulham. Now, again, the pundits have not been friendly for Fulham 
But what are your thoughts about when it comes to West Brom? Or is it a newly promoted thing? I think a lot of the time it is, you know, pundits will look at a newly promoted side and they'll say, well, they're going to lose. Um, I think it's slightly different with Leeds this season. I think a lot of people look at a Marcelo Bielsa and the, just the way they came up. Um, it's not too dissimilar to the way Wolves did a couple of years ago. Uh, Albion fans will hate me saying that, by the way. Um, yeah, it's just like a, it's, it's almost that little bit of bias toward a team that's only recently been promoted. Um, and it's quite easy to kind of call out, particularly a side like West Brom or like Fulham, because you look at the teams around West Brom, you know, you've got Wolves who are obviously a big club and, and doing really well. You've got Aston Villa who spent all sorts of money and have always historically been a, a big club. Um, and West Brom are almost, you know, they're the other guys in that group alongside Birmingham City, so to speak. And with Fulham, you look and, you know, you see Chelsea's, you see Arsenal's, you see Tottenham. Those are all London clubs and they're, they're considered obviously the big London clubs, aren't they? So it's, it's quite easy for pundits to look at them, say the smaller sides, so to speak, uh, and kind of and kind of talk them down a little bit, which is a shame. But, you know, it's, it's down to them clubs to prove them wrong, isn't it? And then I think there's a lot of players and a lot of managers who will look at what pundits say. And not, I'm not saying they're going to sit there and, 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 you know, stew over things that are said. But at the same time, they'll say, look, we can use this. And, you know, look, this is what people are saying about us. Let's go out and prove them wrong. Right. No, very, very good point. All right. Here, here's another comment from, from my friend Chris. Well, mm-hmm. will West Brom be helped by the fact that there are no fans on the ground? I'm curious your view on this because we talk about this on Cottage Talk with Fulham. How much has this been a factor for West Brom not having fans? Is it a positive, negative, or has it, meant nothing. I'm curious your view on this. It's It's been an interesting dynamic, hasn't it, ever since you know lockdown came about. And I think for Albion, it's, it's hurt them a little bit, to be honest with you. Um, you know, you saw them after lockdown and they, for want of another word, they kind of limped over the line. I mean, they, they, they really did struggle to make sure that they, they got themselves in the Premier League in those automatic promotion places. And there were a couple of opportunities Brentford had to really, uh, to nab that second spot. And of course, they, they bottled it as well. Um, but it's, it's kind of hurt Albion, in my opinion. Away games, you know, you always want that away support there. But at the same time, you're never always going to hear it, um, you know, particularly at a ground, you know, like Craven Cottage, which is, is obviously famed for, 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 for being a great away day. Um, but it's a tough one. It's, you know, Albion, Albion would want fans there. I don't think there's a club in the country that wouldn't want fans there. Right. But they're, they're a team that really do, at the Hawthorns in particular, they thrive off that fan base when they're, when they're behind them. I mean, one of the best atmospheres I've ever been in is, has been at the Hawthorns in the playoff uh, semi-final. Uh, that was against Aston Villa, the one they lost on, on penalties at the end. That was what arguably the best atmosphere I've ever been involved in. I've been to some big grounds as well. Okay. Um, having them there really does lift that side. And, yeah. you know, away from home, it's, it's still a lift. Um, it's just tough to say because... Both teams are playing in the same circumstances, aren't they? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Let's get your starting 11 and then I'll share mine. Your starting 11, what you would do for West Brom against Fulham. If I was Billich, um, I'd probably I'd probably stick with with, with with what you know, really. I mean, Sam Johnson in goal has been the ever-present. It would be a very big surprise to see him drop at any time. He's been decent for Albion. Uh, I'd still have Darnell Furlong on the right of a, of a back four. Branislav Ivanovic and Shemi Ajay for me. Um, in the centre centre defence, I I'd probably bring back Kieran Gibbs. I know I know that Connor Townsend has you know has filled in well, but Gibbs is back from suspension now, and he is he is when he's fit a Premier League quality player for me. Um, three in the middle, you know, I'd 
it's, it's a tough one. I'd stick with Jake Livermore. Uh, Romain Soyuz has struggled in the Premier League. I'd probably go with Kravinovic and um, Conor Gallagher in midfield. And then the front three picks itself. Pereira off the right, uh, Grant in the middle, uh, and then Dan Garner on the left. Okay, very good. Okay, I'm going to go with my starting 11. And uh, Scott Parker has some decisions to make because uh, Harrison Reed, I believe, is ready to go. So does he start Harrison Reed? Will I start Harrison Reed? So this is what I'm going to go with, and I'll get to central midfield in a second. I'm going to go with Ariel, Ariola, sorry, in goal. And uh, right back will be Ana. Left back will be Anthony Robinson. I'm going to go with the partnership at Rabio and Tim Ream. Now, there's a chance that Anderson is going to return. We don't know when he's going to return. There were some good signs, according to Scott Parker, I'm paraphrasing, but I don't know if he'll be ready, so I'm not going to mention Anderson. But, I, again, all Fulham supporters are looking forward to his First match with Fulham, but I will go with Reem, and I will go with Adarabio, who I think has been fairly good. Now, this is where it gets interesting, Luke. Central midfield, I'm going to go with Angisa, mm-hmm. Tom Kearney, and then I'm the third. This is where it gets a little tricky. I am actually going to go with Harrison Reed. I'm going to go with mm-hmm. Harrison Reed, and then out left, I'm going to go with Adamal Lookman. And on the right, which, again, is not really his position, I'm going to go with Ruben Loftus-Cheek, mm-hmm. and then uh, I'll go with Mitro. So that's what I'm going to go with. But um, what's interesting with Fulham is the central midfield because now they have many options. Uh, yeah. So that's why I'm not sure what he's going to go with, but I think that they will benefit from having Harrison Reback, and I don't want to drop Tom Kearney, and they got to play in Giza. So that's what I'm going to go with for my midfield three. And, um, you know, what's what's very interesting, you know, and again, I, I'm, cur- I'm curious your view because I'm, I'm going to sh- share this because this is something that we've been talking about, just to give you an idea of what's been going on with Fulham. Mm-hmm. Anthony Robinson, I think, is going to be your left back. But Scott Parker, a few matches ago, played Anthony Robinson and Brian actually as ahead of him which actually mm-hmm. gave them more coverage, but he also could go forward and, and does cross the ball very well. So the question is, if you do that, what do you do with Adam Lookman? Could you move him over to the right? He looks very dangerous on the left. So I'm curious, as an outsider, what would you do if you were Scott Parker? Because you have these two left backs, but you have one that could actually play, is seems better playing further up the pitch and also can track back and help you defensively, and is a better crosser of the ball of Robinson. But the issue is, Lookman is very good on the left. What do mm. you do? I'm curious your view on that. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I always thought Joe Bryan was such a good player for Fulham. And, and he, I mean, he when he joined, um, I, I'm personally a Villa fan. I was I was good to see it because he was he was heavily linked with Villa at the time. And I've always I've always rated Joe Bryan. But it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because if you're if you're Scott Barker, and like you said, you can play him ahead. Obviously, yep. he does you know track back and, and can help defensively, but also offers something going forward. It's it's a tough one though for Lookman because Lookman's one of those players you definitely want. I mean, is is there any potential that you could potentially you know maybe tweak the system and, and have you know Lookman maybe in behind Mitrovic and you've got say Joe Bryan on the left and then yeah. you could bring in, have someone like Ruben Loftus Cheek on that right hand side. But then I suppose it's tweaking a system which he's probably uh, pretty comfortable with. It's it's one of those decisions in it for me. For me, you've got to have Lookman on the pitch. I just think he's he's been so promising since yeah. signing. 
Um, oh no, he would be—he would be on the pitch. Would be mattering on, and we've discussed: could he play on the right-hand side? Could he? Could mm-hmm. he do that? But then, then again, you're tweaking what you would do centrally because Ruben Loftus Cheek looks like a better fit naturally mm-hmm. to be central. So again, it seems like Scott Parker has a lot of decisions to make. And again, these are these are some of the things that go into, I guess, uh, a manager still learning his craft, trying to figure out. Luke, and this is something that we talk about on Cottage Talk all the time. I'm curious your view. Do you put out the best starting 11, the most talented starting 11, or do you Mm. put in the best fit at each position? Because that's what I'm actually asking you about right now. For me, I'd always go for fit over talent purely because, you know, you've you've got a system, and if it's worked for you like it has, it has worked for Parker. I mean, you got them promoted last season. If it's worked, you've got to play players to fit them positions. And, you know, you, you look at teams... You know, around up and down the Premier League, say say Arsenal, for example, you look at the yep. Meza Ozil situation. Mikel Arteta's he's leaving now, arguably his most talented player there, but he's doing it because he does not fit that system. And unfortunately, you know, you've got to put the team over the you know the performances of a single player. If right, if if West, if if Fulham, for example, go and you know they're winning games and Loftus Cheek is you know is is being isn't really working at right midfield and, and, and say they start losing games and you play a natural right-sided player in there and it probably and it benefits the side and you get some more points. You've kind of got to do that. But at the same respect, you know, you brought someone in like Loftus-Cheek, yep. uh, who I think is a quality central midfielder if he's played in the right position. Exactly. Um, so it's a tough one. It's a tough one. But for me, I'd always go for fit over over talent. I mean, obviously, you know, some level, some players, are, you know, you look at someone like a Jack Grealish, for example, at Aston Villa. He he's played on that left wing, but he pops up all over the park. Right. You can afford to give some players a free role, but you can't do it too often. Um, and and for Fulham, it is an interesting situation, isn't it? For me, I'd, I'd, I'd try and keep Lookman on the pitch. Um, he'd be starting for me week in week out from what oh, I've seen of him. But um, at the same time, you can't you can't be having players willy nilly running around left left right and centre on the pitch and, and having free roles because defensively it causes you all sorts of problems. Okay, well, I'm just going to share some more comments because this goes with with our conversation here. This mm-hmm. is from my friend Chris Davidson, Spain, because we're talking about the situation with with Brian playing together with Anthony Robinson. Because play Brian and Lookman wide again. Chris is talking about playing Lookman on the right, Kearney and Gisa and Ruben Loftus Cheek. This is all centrally and Reed on the bench. Mm-hmm. And, and Chris, I'm I'm kind of with you on that. I've been split. Should they play? Read, but I, I do like where you're going on that. And then, and then here's another comment from Ben Lawrence, just sharing some comments. And th- this mm-hmm. also gives you some feedback for your podcast because this is what we're yeah. talking about right here. Ben Lawrence says, "Play Lookman on the right, have him cut in on the left foot like Duff used to." Well, that that's a good point. But again, right now he's very comfortable on the left. He plays no matter what. We're just trying to again it goes back to the conversation. Do you get your your team? your best team out there or the most talented team. And I always go with the best team, if that makes sense there, Luke, because again, you can have the most talented team out there, but if it doesn't work together, if it doesn't gel together, it's going to hurt you. You're going to have passengers and Fulham yeah. have had their situations with passengers. At one point, Tom Kearney was played out wide. And if you've watched Tom Kearney, you don't put him out wide. He needs to play centrally. And this also goes back to the argument with Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who's very, Effective as we've seen playing centrally. Okay, well, good stuff yeah. there. Good stuff. All right, let's uh, let's not waste any more time. We both went for a starting eleven. Let's finish up with predictions. I'll go to you first, and then I'll give you mine. 
Uh, I'd love I'd love this to be a barnstorming game where both teams go out and attack, but I just cannot see it. I think both teams are really uh, going into this game and they really don't want to be losing this one. I think the pressure is maybe slightly a little bit more on Fulham just because they're at home, but although there are no fans there, I'm going to go for a, for a one-all draw and be a bit boring. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, you know, it's funny. Let me ask you this. Would a 1-1 draw be a terrible result for both teams? Let's start with West Brom and your thoughts on what it would be for Fulham. Because here we are. We're both talking about both clubs needing a victory. If if you are right, how will it be viewed from West Brom supporters? And I'll tell you how it will be viewed from Fulham supporters. <laughs> I think very much it depends on that man, the manner of the draw. If... Um... <laughs> I think a lot of fans, if you handed them on or draw now, they probably wouldn't take it. They'd probably say, look, we need to get points on the board. Um, it's, so, it's so tough because those fans, you know, they're desperate to see three points. And like it or not, both West Brom and Fulham are seen as teams where three points, you know, whenever a team comes to their ground oh, or absolutely. they visit them, we'll, we'll see them as an opportunity to gain three points um, purely because of the position they're in after being promoted. Okay, but I think I think I think if you if if you handed them a draw, they wouldn't take it. But at the same time, if they're one 0 down and they manage to nick an 89th minute right. equaliser, they'll be more than happy. Okay, very good. If you're watching live and want to share a prediction, feel free to because I'm going to share a few here before I share mine. Again, this is from my friend Chris in Spain. He says Fulham to win two nil. Mm-hmm. My another friend of mine, he says a draw is no good for either team. Very interesting. And Ralph Leach, I'm going to share what Ralph. Which says, nil nil first, yeah. first one for ten years. Please no, I have, please no on that one. Okay, my friend Kamal, three to one to form. We come to life, Kamal. I hope you're right. I really hope you're right. Okay, well, I'm going to share my prediction on this. I've given this some thought, Luke. I can understand why you went with one one because I I think that's something that could easily happen. I'm not, I'm not going to disagree that that could easily happen, but I'm going to go back to why I was. Um, asking you about both teams, talking about how both teams think that this is a match where, you know, again, we're building to something. We can get all three points. I think Fulham are building to something. So I actually think either either team's going to win this. I don't think it's mm-hmm. going to be a draw. So it's a Fulham show. I have to go with Fulham. So I'm going <laughs> two to one to Fulham, and I hate predicting two to one because I, I, I hate that, thinking that it's going to be like a nervy two to one. But I'm going to go two to one. and Let's see. We've got a couple more. Comments. Let's see. This is from Ben. Uh, be happy for a one nil long as win and clean sheet at home. That would be great. And this is from Sam Woods. One nil foam last minute steal. Um, I don't know if my heart can handle that, Sam, but I'll take that too. Okay. Well, listen, Luke, thank you so much for, for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed talking to you today. And, uh, you know, maybe you can use some of our conversation for your own podcast. Oh, for sure. 100% bringing out some of them facts you, you've, 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 <laughs> you've laid on me today. Uh, really enjoyed it, mate. I'm always happy to do it. Okay. Very good. All right. Well, listen, first of all, I, I want to mention that my my good friend, uh, Andy Colton, unfortunately, could not join us. It's funny because it's snowing where he is in New Hampshire and he is busy dealing with that. So uh, that's why that's why Andy couldn't join us. But I'm glad that I could have Luke on for an extended uh, interview. So, Luke, before we go one last time, just tell everyone how they can uh, follow you on Twitter and read you. Yes, yeah, so you can get me on Twitter at, at LHatfield underscore star. Uh, and you can see all the work that we do, videos, audio podcasts and the written work uh, at expressingstar.com. Okay, excellent. 
Well, this has been a great show, but it is time to wrap this up. For my very special guest, Luke Hatfield, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you, as always, for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. It's the simple things that are oh so marvelous with rich, creamy, non-dairy planted oat oat milk. Like the first cup of coffee or a bowl of cereal. That's pretty marvelous. Planet oat. Rich, creamy, non-dairy oat milk. Oh, what a planet. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.